1: Hello
2: and welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Daddy Boys of What Culture. Michael Havler and Michael Sidgwick here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Night Live. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for Daily Wrestling Podcasts, where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. But- Oh. oh! AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, round table discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a video quiz, of course, on a wrestle culture. As I said, they're joined by Haplan and Sidgwick to review last night's Raw, which was an eventful one. So good.
0: And I wish somebody would tell the fing crowd <laughs> because I know what I'm tuning in for when I'm watching Raw, and I know myself and how much I enjoy Dub Dub E. E, in contrast to the wrestling show on Wednesday nights, mm-hmm. and then the more boring wrestling show that's on Fridays and sometimes on Saturdays, but then the good ones are going to be on Saturday. <laughs> I understand the differences. I understand the separation. I can definitely, definitely get my kicks out of both. But apparently that can't be said for the people that are paying money out yeah. the ass to attend these shows. Sidrick has flagged this problem up for months, maybe even years, maybe everything post-2021. Um, and... Of course, you notice it all the time and you notice the use of the buttons for the heat and for the chairs and whatever. But something really, it didn't offend me, but something bothered me at the point at which, like, Gunther and Kevin Owens were just working too hard and the match was too entertaining. that That almost felt like, that felt like a protest vote in 2023. Like, they'll never cheer somebody over the line in WWE, but they'll lose interest in the good stuff. As if to make a point, that's like, no, where's our miss TV? <laughs> like they, well, they'll never chant for miss TV, but that's what they're fucking waiting for because it's not wrestling. Like it's clearly not wrestling they're going for, and I don't know. Like it, it's one of them like sad existential moments that you have, and then you forget about it. Where it's like our oh, content one. Like content has won because people are going to these shows to get their fill of their content and it's like, oh, like as soon as Gunther and Kevin Owens is out the way and finished, we can have an ad break where they can like do the sucker cam and they can play the DX music and we can say suck it to our family members. Like, is that what you're there for? Is, is that what you're going to like Cody Cody Rhodes is the like perfect ideal WB superstar right now, not just because of all the things that we love, but because of things they love as well. Those punters, those punters in that building. Because he can have this fantastic match that is, like, way more textured than a TV match needs to be. But he'll do it just because he can. Uh, he'll cut a stirring promo that genuinely sells you on a pay-per-view. But he'll give them what they want, which is, like, little Miz TV moments. Little, what do you want to talk about? Catchphrases and a bit of merch. That must be what they're there for. Because it's not for the wrestling anymore. <laughs>
1: it's that, that's dead. It's, uh, I'm jealous of the take. Because it was I think it was Brian Alvarez who said, isn't it funny how when you watch a Raw or a SmackDown and on a one-time-per-basis show, every single show, when they do these interruptions and impromptu matches, someone always says something to the effect of, these people didn't come here to see us talk. They came to see us fight. And it was Alvarez who pointed out, no, they don't. (laughs) They come to hear them talk and not fight. Um, Again, like, I've had this problem for a long time. It just isn't wrestling. WWE is this unique thing that is an entity unto itself that these fans enjoy for reasons, that they pay for for reasons. Mm. I don't get them. It's been a struggle for a long time in my professional career to articulate it because it can't be as easy as that. Why do they go mental at pay-per-view?
0: Which they do. Mm. Buying into different, you would have, you've seen like hot house shows. They're clearly buying tickets for different things. But like on Raw, you can have the lot.
2: Is there any way they were maybe mic'd badly? Because the, the only reason I asked that is They're because... Sat on the, you
1: can
0: visibly see them not doing
1: anything. Yeah,
2: because the only reason I say that is because the reports today, it's in the news with me and Andy, that the talent were really happy. Um, Why? With, 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 the, with working. I don't know whether it's just the building, perhaps Andy was talking about. You know, it's very sort of old-fashioned. There's no big screen, so everyone really has to concentrate on the... On the ring. I thought why they didn't talk
1: or make any noise? Like, we'll get to it. Gunther and Kevin Owens, I feel they got them in the end. Mm. They were going pretty crazy by the last five minutes. It was a 17-minute match. And people are telling me it was this epic TV match of the air contender. And did it scratch the surface of Danielson Roosh of Omega Vikingo, Or was it just a really physical, nicely told story that the fans got into at the end? The praise, the adjectives I'm reading, incredible, phenomenal. I'm taking crazy pills because, <laughs> for me, 20, uh, the pandemic's different. I praised literally silent matches. But for me, when you've got a full crowd there, you have to have them invested for pretty much the duration to even qualify for great. It, I'm taking crazy pills when I see the reactions online to
0: these borderline heatless matches. It used to be that one of their ways to praise the um, technical excellence of a match or just how like, I don't know, just like how visually pleasing it was for the various different reasons where you could say you could watch this on mute and still love it. Like a Brett match is a great example for that because yeah. it'll just look and feel real. And obviously he generates noise, but it just looks so tight. It's like even on mute, this is great. You get more atmosphere for watching WWE match on mute <laughs> because you can imagine bigger reactions for the stuff that should be generating a reaction. I was way higher on Owens and Gunther than Sige. But... It was because I was watching it, almost imagining the reaction that they yeah. should be getting for the ebbs and flows, rather than just that now, like so traditional last two minute, pop, <laughs> that, like last two minute rising heat thing. They deserved way more than what they got for me in that one. I and agree. Yeah, it, it was just when fans could smell a finish. That was when that was when they almost started. It was as if they'd been getting drinks and it was like, right, it's time to get back to our seats. Like watching, like when your team are getting beat, so you go for a pint at half time. And you're not particularly in a rush to go back to your seat for the second <laughs> half because you're already 2-0 down and your pint's nicer than what you'd be watching out in your in your seat. Because in England we can't have drinks in our seats. So I should explain that to oh, the Amer- yeah. American yes. listeners.
2: Unless they bring American football here. Because when I went to watch American football right? at Wembley, they were like, yeah, take, oh, take four beers to your seat, no problem. here in so your you seat at Wembley. Push, uh, mm. in the American football. Actually, I think that's the case when the rugby does the uh,
0: Magic Weekend. And you don't just go for your own team.
2: You watch three teams in the same day. And it's like, yes, I'm trying to explain to you that's why rugby's worse than football. And <laughs> and that's a positive. Yeah. The uh, the only thing I can compare it to, and I can't remember, I feel like it was Nicholas, but correct me if I'm wrong, someone in the What Culture office was telling me about going to a gig. Might have been you, actually, where they went to a gig and whatever s- there was someone performing and their song had kind of got, fake, not got famous, but got sort of rediscovered mm. via TikTok or Instagram reels or whatever. Yeah. And they... Basically, we're waiting for the chorus. Everyone whips their phone out, gets that bit, and then goes right. Let's piss off. Let's leave now. Yeah. It's that, that equivalent, but with wrestling, like, oh, we don't need to, you know, appreciate the twenty minutes of, of you know, Seth Rollins and Damian Priest putting their bodies on the line here. We don't need to get excited because this isn't the finish because he hasn't hit the stomp yet.
0: Pink Panthers has got a great album that goes something like 20 minutes on Spotify because they're all one and a half minute, two minute songs that were designed, not designed for TikTok, but p- clearly TikTokers has loved them, yeah. use them, and that's, yeah, the TikTokification of music is becoming a, a thing, I guess, and you just sort of roll with it, but I don't know, like, it, I don't want this to just be like, oh no, it's the children that are wrong, but it doesn't lend itself to a three-hour experience. <laughs> no. like, what? Me and Sid, talked about this last week. Just fresh back off AEW, and it was the... Was it the Commander example? Yeah. Like, wrestling is still best-consumed live. Yes. WWE isn't.
1: Because <laughs> it's not wrestling.
0: Yeah, it's not. It's something else entirely. I don't know what it is. A lot of people tell you it's uh, cinema. Film noir. But it's not. Hey, not say, that either.
2: Save that for Friday nights. Um, right, let's talk uh, about this show, because uh, opening the show comes out, the new World Heavyweight Champion, Seth Rollins. I don't know this, this isn't wrestling. I don't know what this is, but this is a wrestling analysis podcast. Anyway, onto the soundboard. <laughs> uh he comes out and he cuts some promos, the new world heavyweight champion. Oh boy. I, feel, I feel like I'm back in the era of Triple H again. How comes the World Heavyweight Champion? 2019 on this evidence. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's been a non-stop party uh since becoming champion. Um but uh, he thought to himself, when was the last time we had a world title match on Raw? Uh and he went into his way, way back time machine or whatever. It's Um and so it was nearly two years ago. That's too damn long. Uh he talked about uh, in the opening cha- open challenge on social media that had been accepted by Damien Priest. Um who lost last week? He was excited <laughs> about the match. He put over the Judgment Day, but said they're just not as good as me. This brings out uh Damien Priest and Finn Balor, who are, well, half of collectively. They're in the fing f- judgment f- day.
0: And we're in the guinea day.
2: A little, a little insight into my home life now. Uh, it's now got to the point with Anna-Louise that I do <laughs> so much, she's trying to instigate a rule that I have to put a pound in a jar every time I say it. <laughs> and I said, all right, well, how about I won't do that. I won't say <laughs> at work, it doesn't count, by the way. Cost. I won't say that unless someone says the other side, which, which it's muscle memory. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly said it at the 4D scan the other day. Now I'll just scan the other side. <laughs> Right? And I went, well, what if someone else says the other side? Then, obviously, I, I have to say it then. <laughs> just got
0: the look. That was it. But what a moment it could have been had you said it at the 4D scan. And, like, one of the medical staff was just like, I knew I knew you voice from somewhere. Welcome to <laughs> a wrestling podcast. The only wrestling podcast that's worth a Like, that could have been, like, a nice moment. Like, before the baby was even born. You could have been like, yeah, we were discovering new listeners before you were even born. So
2: Let's hope this baby hasn't become curious. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, right. Where were we? Oh, yeah. So, so Ron's uh, was interminable pattern. <laughs> priest and Ballard come out. Uh, and Ron's like, ooh, Wes, Rhea and Dom? They aren't going to attack me, are they? And Priest's really like, making out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Having full sex. <laughs>
2: uh, priest's like, no, I'm the only one you need to worry about. And he says, well, you got Finn Ballard with you. Uh, and he's like, well, what do you do? Everything together? Do you hold your cack when you have a piss or whatever? <sighs> oh, God. God, Immediately thought of you when he said that. Yeah,
0: It was like, this was really, really lame. He's going to love this. <laughs> Say what you want about this Rollins gimmick, but uh, it's gotten him over as something brand new and different to whatever else he's been in this long WWE run is it because this is 2019? But then he came back. Seth Rollins was back here. Like, this wasn't Seth... All of a sudden, I was like, God, I miss Seth freaking Rollins. Mm. Like, that guy would just, like, do his funny laugh, and there he is in his gold suit. I know what... I can't believe I'm going to say this. I know where I'm at with Seth freaking Rollins. <laughs> yeah. And then Seth Rollins came back. Ugh.
2: I was watching this, and obviously they're in Hartford, Connecticut, so it makes sense, but I did not need the reports. So great. Always good to, you know, hear the reporting on this, that uh, Vince was backstage. I was like, trust me, I know. We've got an open show promo. We've got 20 in- impromptu matches on this show, and this is the level of comedy we've got.
0: Just like imagine Triple H. Dad, please leave the judgment day alone. Like, after you left, I really got them right. I get it, Paul. I get it. Homophobia. <laughs> no, no, Dad.
2: <laughs> so uh, Finn's like, oh, yeah, funny guy. Um, you had the jokes. You like to dance. Everyone likes to sing your songs. So they sing it again, of course. Uh, I like to sing their song. <laughs> I don't care about Seth. Um, but you're not going to be, uh, you know, they're not going to be loving it when Priest beats you and takes your title. Um, Priest puts Seth over. You're a deserving champion. Uh, you've beaten everyone, like you said, including me. Including me last <laughs> week. Uh, but so have I. Um I want to be clear. I don't need Rhea, Dom or or Finn to beat you for the title. And Finn just gives him a little bit of a look. Um, He says, look, I know if if it's me versus you, says Seth, I know you don't stand a chance. So why don't you put your money where your mouth is and leave your crew in the back? Um, Especially because Finn doesn't fare too well in fights against me. Balor's a bit pissed off, but Priest says, yep, fine. No problem. I'm going to win, and you're going to have one of the shortest title reigns ever. And Ron's like, well, either way, at least this title reign's longer than Balor's. See you later. Hated this, absolutely hated this.
1: Imagine you, Seth Rollins, right? You've your career is dead in 2019. You've made a bit of a tit of yourself on social media, and the scripting has made a tit of you on Raw when you do terrible stand-up. That's your gimmick, terrible stand-up. You referred to Brock Lesnar as a real good Godzilla bastard if you ask me, and do that cringe-worthy, excruciating Oof. impression of him, and then you get killed by the fiend. Then you do this incredibly boring locker room leader, I have to turn heel because I'm dead as a babyface shtick, it eventually evolves into this bizarre joker character that the fans get into, and you get some real credibility, and you feel like you're at the peak of your babyface powers, 2015's kind of back for you Seth Rollins, so you kind of use your political sway a little bit in media interviews and say Roman Reigns isn't a champion, he's hardly there, like why am I not the man? they make you a world title essentially as an appeasement and they give it to you because they want you to stick around, they want you to consider, they want you to think that you are valued. So this is what happens for Seth Rollins between 2019 and 2023. He finally gets this bronze medal consolation prize <laughs> that looks ugly, but nonetheless, it's a vehicle. It's for great, a bronze
0: medal that's painted gold and silver. Yes.
2: It's <laughs> that it is. meme, isn't it? With the champagne in the, yeah, yeah. the podiums.
0: Ah. Uh,
1: this is what this is—the last three years of your life, and you finally, finally, get yourself into this position of being an insufferable babyface <laughs> with terrible banter, doing terrible stand-up for a belt that doesn't mean much. Like, what are we doing here? It's nothing will ever change.
0: The uh, promo, as I've tweeted this morning, is way better in still images because, like, his mic drop. I just saw Wilborn in Seth freaking Rollins, and I couldn't not pop. Because, f- like, force of Wilborn with basically Seth. How
2: can I walk away looking as stupid as possible to get you? And yeah, yeah, crap joke, but then pull a face at Sidgwick, and he'll crack.
1: That's how it happens. The match had already been set. It didn't need a v- promo segment. Like, this is just a boilerplate waste of time. for 20-minute match.
0: Well...
2: I Half an hour of
1: a TV programme, just, oh, that's
0: easy. I disagree slightly, because the purpose of this I didn't think was for the match. I think it was to obviously sow the seeds of the breakup of the Judgment mm. Day, or indeed Finn being kicked out in favour of JD anyway. They probably would have found another way to do it, to be fair. But I did quite like that. I'm not going to mourn the loss of the Judgment Day, if indeed that's where we're headed, because it's sometimes worth getting shot at stuff when it's still hot, and they've not... Just exhausted this. It's in that very trademark of WWE, they've not completely exhausted everything you'd love about them. And if they were to break up now, or they were to boot Finn Balor out in favour of JD McDonough and thus take it in a bit of a different direction. If he should be the baby face? Who, Finn Balor.
1: McDonough could... And Rhea and Dom could be the new group. Yeah, like that's going to complete.
0: That's going to change the direction of the group if they do make that switch, and that's something different. So you're kind of killing this version while it's still hot. So I don't hate that. And this was an organic enough way to arrive at that. It didn't feel like Finn Balor and Damian Priest have just fallen out out of nowhere. Just a couple of little passing comments that were then developed
2: in the main event. So it's going to feel a bit more organic. And they can use the. The thing after the show went off the air where he shook Seth's hand. Like I know that was people like, oh, you know, that was just because the cameras weren't rolling. Well, you could. People filmed it and it it does sort of lend itself nicely to the story.
0: Damien Priest has said like to like sort of paraphrase Charlotte Flair, I don't need you anymore to edge. So it would justify him saying it to what
2: did did you say? (laughs) (laughs) I don't need you anymore. Charlotte Von Wagner. <laughs> hey, an XT preview coming your way later on today. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, he stacks. I'll be happy to see both of you too again. Last week was. Uh, he uh, was coming. Uh, last week. Yeah, I think so. Uh, <sighs> he, asked, he asked in, in advance because he he said last week was a nightmare. Come on, WhatsApp? Just uh, carry a pigeon. So a big pigeon from uh, America. A big pigeon <laughs> in
0: between his multiple flights a week. He is not thinking economically about his communication. What a waste.
2: Anyway, we got the Money in the Bank qualifier next. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Sonia Deville early on in the match. Uh, Trish and Zoe come out to cause a distraction and that allows DeVille to take over into a break when we come back. Uh, DeVille hits a superplex for a two count. Uh, Lynch fights back, uh, but Chelsea Green's on the outside and uh, she attacks Becky as DeVille takes the ref. Uh, DeVille comes back with a running knee strike to get another near fall. Green tries to get involved again, so Becky Lynch is like, I've had enough of this. her into the barricade. Same for you, Sonia DeVille. Um, get back in there. Goes to the manhandle, Sam. DeVille reverses it into a schoolboy. Uh, Becky kicks out. DeVille tried to do the cover with not only, I think, the feet on the ropes, but also Chelsea Green holding her legs down. But Becky Lynch kicks out anyway. Hits the manhandle slam. One, two, three. Becky Lynch quite rightly qualifies for money in the bank.
0: And herein lies the problem because I thought this match was mostly flat and boring. A bit but bad as well. That's the fault. Well, I think that's still the fault of the fans more than the wrestlers because uh, like the action wasn't great. But Sonny DeVille and Chelsea Green are really effective in their roles. Trish and Zoe Stark now have this renewed purpose. Becky Lynch is like still feels like she's like trudging about in the sludge, but again, it's money in the bank. So you can I can justify that. I can make that work. It's like, well, she knows that she just needs to win that, and then like out of nowhere, she's back on top. So I like all these characters and the direction, but Triple H likes sticking five minutes on matches, and matches are the quietest thing, and that's that's the problem. Like, this is the worst product. Triple H is Presumably, Triple H has generated so much of this fan interest and increased revenue and increased attendances and all the rest of it, but the exact style he likes to book is now the one that we're (laughs) deciding fans that are coming don't want to watch. So it's this great paradox that is WWE, but ultimately shave five minutes off this and remove the opportunity for the wrestlers to get as much wrong as they did, and it's probably just a good time.
1: So flat. So nothing. Mm. I've got now to say. (laughs) Literally nothing to say, other than it was flat and a bit bad and too long, and no one cared.
2: Jesus Christ. Well thankfully next uh, we got some uh, Oscar bait. Oh no sorry it was the recap of the bloodline angle on smackdown which you know is uh, Oscar worthy. Uh, and Byron Saxton catch up with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens backstage talking about what happened with Jimmy ex excommunicated that was the yeah. word I was searching for about 10 minutes yesterday getting kicked out the uh, getting kicked out of the bloodline. Zayn basically said I don't like to say I told you so but I mean I told you so uh, but I was glad to see Jimmy Uso do the right thing uh, but the bloodline isn't our problem anymore an income Imperium and say you're right. Not your problem anymore. Basically, we are uh, Owens. Pictures are fit with his new th- not not new thing, but he does this a lot now, and I do quite like.
0: Good it. bit, good bit.
2: This he remains the one guy that exists outside of the WWE bubble yeah, and is yeah. allowed to do it. Uh, he says, "We didn't even say your name. That's not how this works <laughs> around here." Uh, and Gunther comes in very sort of arrogantly and says, "You've got a, got a bit of a temper on you there, Kevin. You need to control that." Um, Maybe you need to be taught some discipline. And Evan Owens is like, literally, let's have a bare fight then. Come on, out we go. And he marches to the ring and commentary are like, wait a second. Is, can this happen in a prompt you match? And I was like, I'll bet it does. Go to a break, come back,
1: and the match, the match is happening. Imagine promoting this. I would have been excited. Yeah. If I was in the crowd, I might have got excited for it. I, no one could have won in a satisfying way. That was one of the key problems with this match that everyone
0: liked. And the thing is, like by WB, by the rules of WWE's universe, you can even call them rules. Like they would probably argue that it would make less sense to promote this ahead of time. Like we know that Owens and Zayn have been having this like back and forth thing with Imperium, mm-hmm. and it's lots of stuff is bubbling under, and you know Riddle's this other character involved. So you you can infer stuff, but WWE never want you to infer stuff. So if they'd have put this as a graphic for us to talk about, they were oh we don't want fans inferring that over the last week, tensions have boiled over to the point where Owens and Gunther have gone to Adam Pearce and asked for a match, we best create a stupid backstage segment, <laughs> for <instance. Like laughs> yeah. In their minds, it makes more sense to do it that way than for us for a second to infer anything or for like some YouTube digital content in the place of a road to, to, to have Cathy Kelly stand there and be like, earlier on today, Kevin Owens and Gunther had to be separated backstage so that like they both went to Adam Pearce and agreed to a match and that's going to happen tonight, and that was 12 hours ago or something. Mm. They
2: can't sanction
0: that. That wouldn't feel real. Within the (laughs) rules of our universe, they genuinely think that. Uh,
2: But yes, this is one of the few times where I'm like, I mean, if this is the impromptu match we're going to get, maybe I'm kind of okay with impromptu (laughs) matches. Um, Back and forth early on, uh, Gunther just nails Owens with a boot and drops him on his head with a German suplex. Oh, my God. Uh, He sends Owens into the barricade and drops him onto the edge of the ring as well to take us to a break slams Owens down, wrenches at his neck. He does that move. I don't know what the move's called. He puts his feet either side of his head and just sort of twists his body. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what it is, but it looks looks really painful. It used to be like
0: a neck breaker done by giants, didn't it? Yeah. Like, the giant would do it to Hulk Hogan, WCW, because he
2: couldn't do much. <laughs> I was going to, I thought you meant, try to work out which one you meant there, because I just saw the clip yesterday of that chair shot from <laughs> Hulk Hogan, <laughs> not a giant. you seen this chair? Bonk. I'll do it again, guys. Bonk. So he boots Owens. Uh, Owens kicks out a one, though. Uh, He fires up, smacks Gunther. Gunther just boots him again. Uh, And... uh, Gunther chops Kevin Owens. And quite rightly, actually, Corey Graves points out how flipping loud that is, despite the fact that there's fabric in between there. Kevin Owens obviously is wearing a top. Uh, he puts Owens in a Boston Crab, transitions into a cross face. Owens fights up, hits a chop, and Gunther's like, you call cool that a chop? This is a bloody chop. <laughs> uh, Owens blocks... It in Austria? You're cold in. Sounded a bit like he stacks. Yeah, a little bit. God, I can't do impressions, mate. Um, Owens blocks a suplex. Gunther hits him with a clothesline. uh, Mocks him. And Owens fires back up. Super kick, super kick, super kick. Cannonball. That gets a two count. Goes for a stunner. Gunther blocks it. Hits that amazing drop kick of his. Uh, But Owens comes back with a fisherman's buster for two. Uh, Gunther then suplexes Owens off the middle rope. He gets a two count. Gunther goes for that splash, but Owens gets his knees up and hits that senton bomb for a near fall. Owens sets up for a stunner, but Giovanni Vinci uh, jumps up on the apron to distract him. Zayn pulls Vinci off, uh, takes him out. Uh, Owens hits Kaiser with the stunner as he slides into the ring, but Gunther uses the opportunity to schoolboy Owens and get the one, two, three.
0: Oh, just loved it. Gunther's a dream match factory for a number of reasons, but one of them is because you kind of... I said this on another podcast recently, that like the, the formula is the same, but it does remind you that even in WWE, wrestlers are permitted to have their own identity, and Gunther is one of the few people that they get to exhibit it against. Like, so many times you watch these cookie-cutter matches where even, even a Ricochet is probably the best example. Ricochet's got these things that only Ricochet can do, but WWE agent is matches to death that you kind of don't pop for them. You're not trained to pop for it if it comes in the middle of the match because it's like, hi, oh, that like springboard shooting star press is amazing, but it's only so that SmackDown can roll on. Mm. Like, and it honestly dilutes how much you're supposed to feel for it. Whereas with Gunther, uh, because he is on offense for so much of it, you kind of forget that you've seen Kevin Owens run through his offense so many times because he's doing it to Gunther. Yeah. Like, I love Kevin Owens' cannonball. And it's a cool thing that, like, kind of sums up the kind of wrestler that he is. He's a big guy, but he can move and he can flip a bit and... Putting those things together is really dangerous.
1: An irate, impulsive guy. As
0: yeah, well. but you can become completely numb to it because you've seen that Kevin Owens cannonball over and over and over again, and yet against Gunther, it's like, oh my God, Gunther's taken a cannonball. Is this going to be the thing that puts him away? The near falls mean more because yeah. Gunther just never gets beat. All that sort of stuff. So suddenly, and I this I'm not I don't mean to be cruel to the wrestlers in question because this I felt this with Mustafa Ali as well. It's not generic offense. It's anything but that. But WWE have made it feel generic. And then Gunther undoes all of that yeah. for the, the 10 minutes. You're just with it. You're, like, you're completely locked in. And that's why he's so valuable to this company right now. And I just had that like five or six times. I'm watching Kevin Owens do the Kevin Owens stuff. But in a way, like, honestly, the last time I remember feeling anything this much for Kevin Owens offense was against Steve Austin. Because Austin is the same guy. It's like, he's doing that to Stone Cold. You can't yeah. do that to Stone Cold. Like, that's the kind of pedestal I'm putting Gunther on at the moment. And I think that's one of the reasons why this was so effective. You could, this wasn't for the bail, was it? It was an impromptu. No. You could run this back for the bail. And Owens can say, I ran you super close and you beat me because your guys were in the ring. If you want to have a straight, I'll send Zane to the back. You send these guys to the back and we'll do it for the IC title. You've lined up another really cool Intercontinental title match, even though they've already just had it. I really, really love this. But again, it was an exhibition of the value that Gunther mm. provides and holds. And like, he's going to do this in the main event one day. Like there's a bunch of main events that like main events that he gets to have now doing this exact same thing. It's amazing.
1: I wasn't as high on this match for a few reasons. One, the heat wasn't there for the first half. Yeah. I knew that there was no satisfying outcome because they're both heavily protected guys and title holders. So I was just in the back of my mind, you've got, I've got the general WWE fog. That means I can't invest because it's just what it is. And I'm Mm -hmm. not that partial to it on a subjective level. Then you've got the lack of heat, which is just, oh, where man, It's this. Yeah. What do you, oh, I'm what making you my own heat when I'm watching, by the way. Yeah, I should, yeah. I, I should qualify that. They did get really, really into it by the end. And I'm just watching knowing that there is no outcome possible that they are going to go with that I will enjoy. So I'm always waiting for the bollocks. Just waiting for the bollocks. Then the bollocks happened. Um, but you can't fault the story that... The, it's one of those where it's like effective crowd psychology means that you make the crowd go banana to use a Pat Patterson phrase and they don't, but that doesn't mean the work. It's just this weird paradox, this weird thing that I don't know how to approach anymore because it's not wrestling and there are no rules to it, or at least I don't grasp them anymore. Um, It's old man yells at cloud, but the old man's right. I'm sorry. Yes. (laughs) One thing I'll say, because I don't have much to add to the match other than my trademark cynicism. (laughs) I'm sorry. Right. Is that, for, like Looking at wrestling fandom as a subculture and the way it's talked about and the specific language that arises when you're in a subculture, okay? Did we get or did we hear this, ap- and I know I'm guilty of it with AEW stuff, right? With hyperbole, but that's because it's actually good. It's actually hot. With the language of pro wrestling fandom, before AEW got really critically acclaimed, Like, Double or Nothing, the build to revolution 2020, the great TV matches that are just relentless, even when the wider product isn't, like, amazing. Did these WWE fans go this mental with the hyperbole before AEW got really acclaimed? And is is this banger, generational, phenomenal, incredible? Is all of the cinema... It's all of this language in response to them being gotten to that AEW actually got Ernest Crockett to claim a total overly compensating for their own thing. Because this match was very, very, very good. Fundamentally flawed for more than one reason. I've just Mm -hmm. pointed it out. And people are saying it's generational and phenomenal and just...
2: I'm guilty of it as well. Oh, not, I'm, I'm with you. I wouldn't go that far. I yeah. really enjoyed this match. I wouldn't go that far. And I can't work out whether it's because I enjoyed the match so much or because it's Gunther doing it. Gunther's a genius. Yeah, I almost excused the schoolboy. Gunther could beat the crap out of me. Like with that's not hyperbole finger. either. I realize what's just followed
1: my rant. He is an actual yeah. genius who deserves this praise, but not necessarily for this match.
0: I like the schoolboy. Yeah, like I thought it made more sense in the context of him to do that than hit one of his, what, 15 different kill shots. Genuinely, like yeah. I'll I'll wait another day for him to fight Kevin Owens again
2: and realise he's got to use something he hasn't yet used. But I just he made it look so effect. you know, schoolboys sometimes are just like, Oh oh bloody elf stumbled backwards from the ropes Imagine and they just put the by their hands on my neck. arms basically. Imagine yeah.
0: Owens's neck when it was compressed and the damage that had been yeah. done to it. He's pinning the shoulders. You watch as well, like he leans he forward. Yeah. He's not like grabbing the tights. Like he does he do that thing where he rolls out straight away, but like he's gone to win first of all. And you can I can forgive that. Like it's to, to Saj's point about there, like I'm, it's you almost can't remember now. It's this grey area where, like, yeah, say for example in 2016, how would have somebody received this match? I mean, there just wasn't the standard. It was increasing, but there wasn't the standard that we get now through Dynamite and sometimes through on SmackDown. But like, I apply my own parameters to this because of all the good wrestling and then the occasional great wrestling. It becomes like, what do I remember from the weeks? And WWE, is probably like three, four matches from television this year that I would commit to memory and all bar one have got Gunther in because he's... Trunk match, is that the other one? Which one? The trunk match. Yes, that that was, yes, definitely
1: that. Uso's Judgment Day.
0: Uso's Judgment Day from Roy's Triple X. yeah. Edge versus Austin Theory from Canada. This now. And uh, um, I thought like, I thought Gunther versus um, Xavier Woods. Yeah, was uh, like a little bit underrated, but it's like not in that kind of nobody talks about this just because sometimes on Twitter nobody talks about WWE. But I thought that went like a bit
2: like underrated a little bit, but it's it's Gunther that's responsible for most of it. I was pleased with what came next as well. Kathy Kelly's backstage with Matt Riddle, and he's fed up of seeing Gunther uses boys basically to. One way or another, get an edge. He said cheat every week. We'll get an edge every week, basically. Uh, I don't think he'd be champion if not for Kaiser and Vinci. And, of course, in comes uh, Kaiser straight away saying, watch your mouth. Riddle's like, what are you going to do about it? Kaiser poked him in the chest. And Riddle, for once, wasn't just like this fun story guy. He threw him over the equipment box and then put Vinci in an ankle lock until he got broken up by officials.
0: Like a good segment to build what's going to be an awesome match between Riddle and A Gunther. regrettably awesome prospect. <laughs> yeah. But this felt like... Um, I watched this and then when I read the news this morning, I felt like, like Triple H must have won a war and Vincent Mann was smashing up a monitor in Gorilla because where's Riddle's scooter? <laughs> like, you got, like, Triple H has just won a little battle with dad over what version of Riddle we were going to get tonight. Like that match, the six Man's going to be good. The singles match is going to be incredible. Yeah. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs.
2: Uh Byron Saxton's backstage chatting to uh new women's tag champs, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Shayna talks about being destiny saying they manifested this a decade ago. Um and I,
0: you're the like MMA historian on this podcast. What were they doing? UFC and beyond at that point. They were point. not,
2: yeah. Ronda Rousey was not concerned with uh, women's tag titles. I didn't think so. A 2030? Yeah, no. Getting massively rich and becoming like a transcendent star in an entirely different industry. Yeah, I'll, I'll look that up whilst we <laughs> talk, whilst you guys talk about this. Ronda says it's past time that they legitimize the championships. They're not going to be an afterthought. Uh, and she challenges any team basically with... These nuts. ...to challenge them. Uh, and here comes... Caden Carter and Katana Chance uh, said, "What a better way to make our debut than to take you guys on?" And Rhonda's like, well, "Have you landed in? Uh, we landed in Munchkinland." Mm. Uh, Rhonda calls them <laughs> stupid. Shane says they're not stupid; they're just ignorant, uh, but brave. Um, but the sound of your own tendons and ligaments being torn off your body is going to break bravery real quick. Rhonda says it's a baptism of fire. <sighs> yeah. I th- Nothing
0: to add, until we get to the match, nothing to add, which is awful, because you're fact-checking.
2: It's okay, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about the match, and then I'll find out what exactly Ronda was doing in 2013.
0: There were more effective baby faces here than they pretty much ever were presented for NXT, because they were kind of always arseholes. At least they were like... When did they
2: do the video package, or
1: are we talking about that now?
0: The, what, the, the introductory video? Oh, yeah. Really, I'm yeah, yeah. not about
1: that. They just love to party, these two. So they love to party and they're completely in sync with the aerials, and they're incredibly gifted athletes, and you think, all right, okay, well, that's a lifestyle that I'll never know.
0: <laughs> Why do I like you? Oh, the party's inclusive. We like everyone. It's a bit too bloody inclusive in 2020, if anything.
2: Yeah, I no? <laughs> <laughs> She had uh, just... Just... Uh because, uh, defended the UFC Women's Bantamweight Championship against Liz Carmouche, and then she went into a grudge feud. She was in a grudge feud, building to UFC 168 against Misha Tate, who she beat... Uh, well, actually, the other, she was on this run. I remember this, because I was watching it at the Basically time. Basically, the height of her I was going to say, yeah, like, she was on the run of, the of arm-barring literally everyone Casual to on of win.
0: casual MMA observers, and when you say Liz Carmouche and Misha Tate, I remember these. Yep. I remember like, watching these fights the next day because she was such a draw. Yeah. She was so interesting. But she was busy manifesting one day winning the women's tag team titles that didn't exist. Don't lie to me. <laughs> as much as you do.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ronda and Shayna, when we got to the match, dominated early on. Everything broke down. Carter and Chance hit dives out to the floor. Uh, Rousey targets, I think it was Katana, Chance's arms. Chance fights up, brings Carter in. Carter hits a low super kick to Baszler and a sort of hanging pedigree. Uh, but gets elbowed in the face. Ronda comes back in and gets hit with that amazing finish of theirs, the sort of neck breaker 450 combo for a good near fall. Shane and Basil had to make the save. Uh, Chance slipped out of a, a rousy ankle lock and hit a code breaker, but Basil came in. Uh, and after a near fall from a roll up from Carter, Basil was like, enough of this. Suplex, Kirafeuder clutch, submission win.
0: I didn't hear this. It, the crowd didn't care. They did not uh, give one top. Every match, but I don't think that's a reflection on these four because it was the case in every match at this point. I didn't hear this at all. It was quite un-WWE. In fact, I've seen some criticism today that you debut them and they lose straight away. I don't think it's quite as bad as that. No, um, We've seen plenty of, like, let's use a better comparison. We've seen plenty of Dynamite matches where there's an obvious winner and an obvious loser, and I'm thinking of something like, ignore the quality comparison because I'm not making one here, but top flight in AR Fox versus the Elite right? Top Flight and Air Fox kick ass, but they're getting beat off the elite. But fine. Like you have a winner and a loser and it's competitive and it's supposed to be a competition and it's a night where who knows what can happen. Like on any given night, anyone can beat anybody else just because there's heavy favorites and the heavy favorites win. It didn't mean that the challenges weren't worth giving it a go. And that's what we saw here. And if you could rely and you could trust the process and you could rely on the booking a little bit more to think that as a result, they're going to go back to the drawing board and they're going to start stringing some wins together. And in a few months' time, say this was a functioning division, they could actually (laughs) like, they could like build a bit more momentum and try again. Yeah. It's like, you know what? We were kind of a bit... overambitious on our first night. Like, we thought our time in NXT had prepared us for these two absolute killers, and it didn't. But now we've beaten X, Y, and Z, and we want to go again. Yeah. And then Ronda and Shayna this time are, like, arrogant and cocky. And then they get beat. There's a little story nicely told. WWE doesn't do that, and more's the pity, because this is the kind of booking that gets you there. Really, really didn't mind this, and they looked like... Like the work was tight enough. Yeah. Honestly, like the work was tight enough. That's like bare minimum stuff, but I just wish you could plot a little story because I thought the match was half decent. It's just no one cared. No it's one cared.
1: haunting to watch this. It's weird. It goes against the grain of every single wrestling experience I've ever felt. And my barometer of what makes it entertaining, immersive, compelling. It's haunting to just watch these moves and no one cares. It's so Weird. I don't know why anyone
2: goes, much less everyone in the town. It seems. <laughs> like. Yeah, you said something this morning. I'm not sure if we've mentioned it on the pod. Where it's like it's this weird, almost bizarre world thing. Of the more people in attendance, the quieter it is. Yeah, it's odd. I just I will never reconcile that
1: ever. No. These people pay good money to go on mass to these shows and do nothing i just find
0: it on. It's like the, the Arthur Ashe thing when it was sold out. You're like, light them up. I want to see them. I yeah. can hear them. I want to see them. It's like, turn the lights down. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want to believe there's less people there so this doesn't feel as weird as it looks. It's like a green... If you're
1: going to green screen a crowd, do it ones that are, like, animated. <laughs> yeah. Like the AWA
2: Challenge Power Challenge Series, or yeah. whatever it was called, has more life than this. Uh, Bronson Reed approaches Ricochet backstage and... Uh, they talk about the fact that Ricochet's in Money in the Bank, and Reed isn't. Uh, Ricochet, I earned my spot by beating, checks Wikipedia notes, two time Grand Slam champion, The Miz, uh, whilst you had your undefeated streak be, uh, ended by Shinsuke Nakamura. And reads like, Well, yeah, I dominated until. And Shinsuke Nakamura slides in and says, oh, I beat you. Uh, Reed says, I had a bad night. Next time's going to be very different. Uh, and he storms off, uh, and Ricochet and Nakamura say, I'm going to win. No, I'm going to win tonight as we head towards Money in the Bank. And I thought, oh, I'm running a little bit late this morning, so I can definitely skip this match because I can see where it's going. We'll get to it in a second. Um, what did you make of the video on Johnny Gargano, this new NXT guy coming up to the main roster for the first time? <laughs> <laughs> they did this with, you. Were know, you seeing the Candice Ray thing last week? No, I was dreadful. I do that? I was not in work. It was dreadful. She believes in fairies because of the fairy tale road she's been on. I was like, not since she's joined the fucking main roster, she hasn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's. Uh, they show all the times he was great, obviously, in NXT, uh, despite being told he had no place in WWE. They do such
1: a phenomenal job of making Gargano look like an unlikable tosser. (laughs) Yeah. He is you know the old cliche of the high school graduate who wears a Letterman jacket around town when years have passed (laughs) and you are not a big deal and it's so lame and it's Johnny Gargano. Fuck. Can hell. <laughs> Do something. You that... stopped yourself there and then went, no, I'm going to say it, no, actually. No, I'm going to say it. Do something other than tell me this guy was the face of NXT. Please. Character development. Something. It just felt like this guy is ancient. He's a relic of a different time. He's been frozen in time. It's quite sad, actually. Can he readjust to society in 2023? I have my doubts. The... Like They just... Don't know how to produce them anymore. He was like looking at, he had this look. If you haven't seen it, because a lot of listeners don't actually watch Raw, he's getting filmed and then he himself is looking at these like imaginary screens of his NXT run with this like really smug, self satisfied hmm. look on his face. Like, look at everything I accomplished. What have you done for me lately? Yeah. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. You had this feud with Baron Corbin, I think, and he had some stuff with The Miz alongside Dexter Loomis. They've recognized that it was nothing. So this is essentially a retcon and a reboot. And their reboot is, oh, this guy was great in NXT. So it was 2018, this guy had peaked. He peaked five years ago and has done the odd bit of fun stuff since. Jesus Christ. Do something else you know with his, this guy. You know his and problem this guy, he needs, to start, he needs to stop sucking himself off as well.
2: You know what his problem is? He's Johnny Wrestling, and that's it's not what we do around here, pal. <laughs> <laughs> he
1: needs to stop sucking himself off as well. Like, look what I did then five years ago. Well, it's already in the eyes of your main roster, casual audience, developmental. What do they care what you did in NXT, much less five years ago? If they cared and you were a legend there, you would have got a pop at the Royal Rumble. You didn't. No one in this crowd, no one watching this television program genuinely cares. Do something else. I find it excruciating. I'm embarrassed on the guy's behalf.
0: Johnny Blowjob. It's like... <laughs> Just...
1: is a jerk-off.
0: The thing is, the game Triple H said uh, one final beat, but here's the thing. I lied. Yes, it's never going away. I can only book DIY. It's all I know. How to do with these two guys. Because um, that's where this is going, isn't yep. it? He's reflecting on NXT. Keep he's already... He's coming back. Already mentioned Ciampa. Uh I. This is... And, like, look, it's not that DIY won't be an addition to this tag division. Of course they will. But it's Triple H. So he's already probably getting so excited about how he's going to break them up. This time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's all he can do with them.
2: It's all he knows. Not creative. Well, I teased it a little bit earlier on. Uh, next came Ricochet versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Skip. Skip. Yeah, it went to DQ. Bronson Reed interfered. Enough Haunting. of all that. Haunting. I literally didn't even bother watching it because I knew it was coming. Enough of all that. It's now time for this. It's short. It's crap. It's wrestling related. The five-star review review. Nailed it. Oh, it's been long since I've heard that. (laughs) Uh, If you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling-related for us to uh, review instead of a god-awful match on Monday Night Raw, uh, you can do so by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can leave us a five-star rating on Spotify. Screenshot it. We need the proof. And then email it to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com, which is exactly what Audie from South Dakota has done. Uh, And they write... Dear Adam and the Dadleys, I just want to start by saying thank you. You guys have given me countless hours of entertainment. I used to be a big wrestling fan when I was a kid and came across the What Culture YouTube channel by happenstance. I love the content and found out there was a podcast last summer. Now it is part of my daily routine. I um, teased this with you earlier, this next sentence. It's now part of my daily routine, okay? Whenever I'm not in court, I'm a prosecutor, by the way. What what? <laughs> I'm listening to you guys. That's
0: Imagine imagine going on your dinner break. Judge, can I just have a, an hour and ten minutes, please? Uh, raw last night yeah, this gun to Kevin Owens thing we, come on. I can't I need to concentrate
2: on my job. I uh appre- <laughs> sorry. I appreciate the passion you have for um Is- uh, because of you guys, I'm subbed to the WWE network and haven't missed an AW pay per view for the last year. Uh, even when the Dadleys are being critical, it is clear it comes from a place of love and a desire for wrestling to reach the great heights it can. Yes, uh, this it can be the best. This pod Black page on Friday was not the best. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast has continued to pop me on a daily basis. I've even taken to making reference to bits that absolutely no one I know gets. And I mean. <laughs> Folks, where's the lie? Data. I
0: mean, as a prosecutor, you should really work it out. Judge! judge. <laughs> where's the, the lie? lie? Ladies and gentlemen of the jury. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was uh, chatting to my client earlier, and uh, and he said he didn't <laughs> commit the murder. And I said, hey, 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 hey. You all right. <laughs> Anyway, for my Five Star Review review, I'd like you to do something from right to censor. I haven't looked at it recently, but my memory of being a teen at the time is that without the, uh, without that terrible stable, I'd have seen nudity on Raw on a regular basis. I mean, who thought the good father was a good idea? Brackets, probably Vince. Uh, thanks for all the laughs and being the only crew brave enough to have waited... This is a great sentence. To have waded through the spunk-soaked sludge that was NXT to play. Oh! Uh, keep up the great work. Audie from South Dakota. P.S. My kids think everyone with a British accent is a Peppa Pig character. <laughs> My son asked me why we were listening to Daddy Pig's friends talk about <laughs> Seth Rollins, which is the only wrestler he remembers. Because he looks like a big clown. Yeah. Um, so I, I searched, a full disclosure, I searched. Dun dun
0: dun dun
1: dun dun
2: dun
0: dun. See, we can s- <coughs> sing Peppa Pig's theme. Does that mean Peppa
2: Pig's is over a Sepharic and Probably, yeah. yeah. Um, so I a full disclosure, do you know what I typed into YouTube to find this? Hmm. Right to censor sex. <laughs> 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 uh, and it threw... Probably got some horrible alt-right content. <laughs> <laughs> it, it threw back at me... Uh, well, it was supposed to be the Godfather versus Steve Blackman, I believe, for the hardcore title. But take us back to—I think this was mid, mid uh, two thousand, basically. What was going on with the the Godfather and his ladies and uh, right to censor, which is this is sort of the early stages of it. Yeah, it was the year two thousand.
0: Everything was relentlessly fun, and that was about to be ruined by two Steves. One was Austin. One was Richards. The RTC were a take on the PTC. Because Vince McMahon was facing a problem that Triple H never will. Which was like young fans actually responding enthusiastically to his content. And they believe that the WWE was, you know, like gripping young minds in America with some of its more risque stuff. Even though, to be honest, 2000 was like a toned down version of the grim. Talk about NXT 2.0 being cum-soaked. <laughs> 999 reeked of it. Jesus Christ.
1: with those college uh, yeah. arenas.
0: Oh, my Aye. God. Atmosphere incredible. Reeked to spunk. So by 2000, it was actually like toeing the line a bit more. But nonetheless, they were facing. it It was just massive. It was mainstream. So it was obviously the victim of these sort of targets. And Vince does the only thing Vince does, which is like turns into characters for a stupid little carny wrestling show. And did it get, in 2005 again as well. Yeah. Paul Cannon. It's the only thing he knows. F*** um, you then. F*** <laughs> <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's
0: Palmer, the real Palmer Cannon. Like he was like... It's too horrible here. I've got yeah, I I've, I've, I've got to leave the industry forever
1: because JBL's doing weird things to me. Uh for eight hours.
0: They identified the chara- allegedly. They, they identified the characters that could be uh added to this group. So Stevie Richards became Stephen because like Vince's things like like longer names uh formal. Uh, for, yeah, formal names are kind of more like not not the base level of my customers and Obviously, then the Godfather involved. Everybody else, basically, that had previously done more ivory hardcore yeah. sex adjacent things, were perfect fodder for joining
2: this group. Um, so the Godfather comes out with his women. It was a bit. It was a different time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just liked the visual, as obviously a sea of where, signs. Where are we going? Yeah, stick with me. There's a sea of signs, and there's a bloke who's probably in his mid twenties. <laughs> and i just like the idea of him seeing at home going i can't wait to go to the wrestling tonight i've got to make a sign write it down right fold that up take that with me it's my, my time my t- time for me to lift up my sign that just says ho train conductor that's it that's me that's what i do uh victoria as well part of the uh, posse that was with the, the posse that was with the uh, good the godfather um I'm really sorry about this, I know sometimes there's a time for you guys to just sit back and enjoy it. I'm going to need your help with oh. quite a few things. I just didn't know, it just flew completely over my head here. Okay, okay. Um, King. Happy to help. Jerry the King Lawler says uh, he likes the one in the pink. She looks, uh, she could be Miss Wright or at least Miss Wright now. Um, and uh, Godfather's doing his dance and the ladies are dancing in the ring. Uh, and uh, Jim Ross is like, uh why aren't you dancing?
1: Why aren't you dancing? Yeah. Jerry.
2: King says, I can't dance. Right now, I can't even stand up. Sage, what's he talking about?
1: Well, basically, if he was to stand up, he's sexually aroused by these sex workers in spite of the fact that they are in their mid to late 20s. So, so older than his then wife. Yes. So he somehow wills an erection, possibly through volume. 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 Possibly through volume and not age. And uh, and he's got an erection. Okay. Uh, that makes you sense. get erections, don't you?
2: <laughs> yes.
0: So if he was to stand up... <laughs> Are you asking, does he get them or does he understand them? Because if we need to roll that back as, <laughs> as Alex... so said, explain this to me. Look at my penis. What's happening? Oh. <laughs> What's going
2: on?
1: If he was to stand up, you'd see that there was erection poking
2: through his suit trousers. <laughs> and he might knock JR's coffee over and then I'd really ruin the day. <laughs>
1: My understanding is that he was permanently erect. Yeah. So I don't know what this make a difference.
2: Now you mentioned uh, the sex workers that with. So I that's what I assume their profession is. Sex workers work. Um, But that's what confused me next because then Jerry the King Lorna says, uh, "Hey girls, I'm an organ donor. Need anything?" (laughs) I I (laughs) I I didn't realise they also worked in the hospital. (laughs) what's the? Uh,
1: <laughs> I turned fourteen for my sins uh, <laughs> temporarily. There,
2: <laughs> look.
1: he's talking about like they're not dying.
2: Okay, yeah, they're not
1: because <laughs> they they look like in great health. They're, they're dancing. Yeah. They're, they're in good spirits. So I, I, you know, they could be dying. I don't think that's the case, right? I think that rather than a kidney. Or um, a liver, mm-hmm. or <laughs> anything of that nature. Yeah. Your penis oh, is that. also an organ, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. He wasn't offering his like esophagus.
1: Yeah, yeah. He wants to
2: donate <laughs> his car. Okay, it's a loan rather than a. It's not. A, you don't keep it. Well, of your deposit. Okay. Uh, apparently, there's a lots of pimps in uh, Albany, and uh, then he said, this was another bit, maybe is, I think this is a different train I thought we're going on here, he says, roll a fatty for this pimp daddy, What do he mean by that?
1: He wants. it was hot, wasn't it, yeah. in uh, the 2000s, it was WWF, um, really, really hot, uh, the ratings weren't where they were in 1999, but god damn, still in the attitude here, a son riding those roads, so I'm thinking, there's got to be at least nine thousand mm-hmm. in these towns every single week. He wants nine thousand spliffs because he's appealing <laughs> to all of them to roll a fatty, which is a blunt. Ah, right. Which uh, it's the chode of marijuana delivery systems, <laughs> where there is so much weed in there that you'll almost certainly be. <laughs> understand already.
2: Uh, so Stephen Richards from Right to Center. And
1: they don't um, mix their marijuana with tobacco no. in the States. So it's all
2: high grade. No killer, no filler. Uh, Stephen Richards from Right to Center interrupts. He says, what's wrong with you people? Don't you know right from wrong? Huge asshole chance at this point. Uh, you uh, you cheer violence, cheer, indecency, cheer, and especially The Godfather. <laughs> uh, where have our morals gone? Uh, he says the, the producers of this show and The Godfather, they're corrupting the moral fibre of the youth of America. Don't the, the moral fibre.
0: Corrupting.
2: Thanks. Uh, and then tells The Godfather that having scantily clad women accompanying him is indecent and unacceptable. Uh, and he promises he's going to censor him and his women because they don't know any better. And Godfather says, Your censoring behind is costing me the hardcore title right about now. I was a bit like, huh? Yeah.
0: Well, that's a bit of proof that why Vince was so stubborn about this act was because it was working. They were ordered to cut down on the uses of bad language. The ex weren't insistent that people suck at cocks. Yeah, yeah. Half as much. What an ex fool's that was. I don't know. From it us. It was all the way that, didn't it? Like, like the
2: case wide open. <laughs>
0: Why is that the observer didn't pick up on that. No, 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 Dave must be still catching up on his podcast, he must be listening a few behind. Um, yeah, they were being monitored. Mick Foley was like forced to do account for his book of how many uses of bad language there was because of some PTC thing, and that was obviously the Godfather probably wasn't permitted an ass, so he was forced to say behind. Like, oh, of oh, course, the PTC are winning, which is why Vince is going to double, treble, quadruple down with this RTC thing,
2: yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm I, um, it's people in glass houses. I misspoke, misspeak often on this podcast. But I did, just like, did. I did like the bit where he says, why don't you come to this ring and see what I think about your censor- censorship. But he said censorship. So it's a bit uh, <laughs> tickled me that bit. God bless censorship. <laughs> so he starts to walk down to the ring just Stephen Richards, but he stops and says, no, you know what, Godfather, violence never solves anything, and I'm not going to soil my hands with you unless it's in self-defense. So Godfather decides, you better start defending yourself, goes after him, chases him, but Stephen Richards runs into the back and Godfather's like, well, turns back around and then is jumped by Bull Buchanan who is dressed in the same white shirt and black tie as Stephen Richards. And they brawl down to ringside. Godfather gets thrown in. Uh, He whips Bull Buchanan to the corner who runs up the turnbuckle and turned around to a flying clothesline. Bull Buchanan, Uh, (laughs) you. He gets a great axe kick on, uh, on The Godfather does Bull Buchanan and, and Stephen Richards chases away the Godfather's women to end the segment.
0: Yep. Bull Buchanan joined the RTC, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I mean, they, they, like, they were a bit boring. The RTC, they were a Is bit
1: that why Bruce Jensen's so horny? On like the oh. uh, the principle of people, um, sometimes, not all the time, who come from very strict backgrounds repressed repress it and then it just they
0: go crazy horny <laughs> yeah. and his he prefers country <laughs> music because his dad ended up really loving rap yes yeah, right, so B-squared, yeah, yeah. Of so and in another
1: hard-hitting journalistic expose <laughs> here on the what Culture wrestling podcast we've developed a uh, a glimpse psychologically into the mind of brooks jensen and why he is the way he is uh, and must have had a bad relationship with his uh, parents
2: mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the uh, right to censor haven't got their hands on the YouTube comment section. So uh, I have to say right now that these do not reflect the views of myself, the Dadley Boys, or anyone at What Culture Wrestling. Dion Sim starts us off. <laughs> me and my twin sister really miss the right to censor. I don't know why they've needed the reference to their twin sister. Make sure you include me in that YouTube comment, eh, Dion? It's probably new, telepathic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vince, think of. All the people that are out there, right, I used to have a major crush on Stephen Richards. Hey, is a yeah. pretty handsome, handsome dude. Handsome guy. Yeah. look good with a long hair, didn't he? Yeah. Yep. It's going well so far. Here comes Dick Borg. <laughs> <laughs> to just write, oh, who's the blonde in the pink pants?
0: Dick Borg sounds like, like when you'd see the... You know, the credits had come up on, like, an American sitcom over here. Executive producer Dick Borg. Yeah, Dick <laughs> Wolf. Dick Wolf. Dick That's Wolf. That's who I'm going to be thinking of. Wolf. Wolf. Dick. What did Dick Wolf do? Uh, uh,
1: ding, ding, law and order. <laughs> like, ding, ding. In answer to the question, Bruce Pritchard revealed that they used to scout local establishments for exotic mm. dancers.
0: Town to town. So, so we, don't, we don't know, unfortunately, Dick Borg. Remember the production company? Thing where like the kids like staring at the moon and then the fucking moon zooms in the shot and it goes dick <laughs> and I was like <laughs> that was the jingle I used
1: to love that it was, it was so
0: funny was it? dick boom 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 boom, boom. dick
2: sit <laughs> ubu sit good dog <laughs> well it's funny you mentioned that because I found another comment you got dick, dick. Borg. you got dick Borg load that up after we finished recording <laughs> <laughs> got dick Borg. Awesome. Awesome comments is Dick Ninja. <laughs> uh, who just writes, uh, Oh, those thighs are so thick. My mouth is watering right now. Oh, God. Imagine just being the dude who goes, oh, Dick Ninja.
1: <laughs> Obviously.
0: How could Dick Ninja even tell Like Godfather wore those baggy jeans. Yeah. <laughs> Must have been watching a Karma match and then put the comment on this put instead. Put it
2: two, two and two together. Awesome in that. karma uh, You need your help with this one as well, Sid. Actually, because uh, Jason writes, "The Godfather's hose are the reason all the guys in the nineties were a few pounds lighter." <sighs> <laughs> Is that why they're working out at the gym you like to impress them? Is that what they? <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. I think it's a myth how much ejaculate actually <laughs> comes out. Did a study once, and it's like
2: <laughs> <laughs> basically, it's
1: not gallons of gin that you may, might think it is in your head, and certainly not enough to lose weight. Like, if you were, oh god, cheated on the diet this week, oh, you know, I had a takeaway last night, there's some <laughs> biscuits in the office, how do I uh, neutralize that? Uh, that's not how it works, but that's what I think is. I'm okay, uh, guessing.
0: Was infamous. Was wanky self skinny. Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> think like if that was actually a thing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Jacked right arms and a skinny waist.
2: Uh, focus once again. It's not reflect. Use myself the daddy was. anyone that not what culture <laughs> wrestling. Just writes wood until we can't anymore.
1: <laughs> Love that. Right. Okay. It's uh, it's just not happening anymore. <laughs> it really hurts it worth
2: it I can't do it anymore so yeah um, yeah it really hurts not in the Hall of Fame yet is she Victoria no it's a real annoyance of mine that but uh, she can commiserate herself that she's won something else because uh, Mike writes Victoria you have a perfect 10 beautiful ass award in America
0: in America is
2: that the governing body <laughs> Beautiful, perfect ass. Be- be- perfect ten, beautiful ass award in America. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Grundle but. <laughs> oh,
0: no, <laughs> no, that's awful.
2: <laughs> finishes us off. Oh, shut up, man. With uh, this comment, thanks, thanks once again to Audi the prosecutor from <laughs> South Dakota. Who <clears throat> writes, Grundlebutter there, he's not, not Audie Grundlebutter writes, oh, there ain't a man or woman alive who doesn't want to split Victoria's Greece. <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> Edit that out.
0: So uh, there you have it. Thanks, Audie.
2: Thanks, Audie. Back to uh, Monday Night Raw.
0: Enjoy your next... What is it? Recess? Is that what it is in a call? Yes. Yeah. Enjoy
2: your next recess with that one. Uh, we get a recap of what happened recently with the Alpha Academy. Um, yeah, what's happened with this? Chad It's crap now. it <laughs> sucks, yeah. Chad Gable calls them brain, brawn and beauty. Says, if you're going to be an Alpha, though, you need to remember that an Alpha doesn't run from a fight. Obviously, you ran away from Valhalla recently. Uh, And Maxine says, Valhalla came at me like a wild animal and her outfit sucked. Um, But Gable's been giving Otis the latest in Viking literature. And Otis has done some studying. Gable knows the answers in his brain. Otis says, we're going to take them out with some deodorant. Uh, And uh, Gable's going to teach the pretty lady how to take on the Viking lady. Gable thinks she's ready, but uh, Maxine needs to change. She's got the perfect outfit. So like American
0: Alpha, and, or Alpha Academy, sorry, and Maximum Moon Models, going to be like an acclaimed guns unit now. Is that? Are they just mates? I don't know. Maxine Dupree's left the Maximum Moon Models?
2: Yes, I believe so, because Marseille and Francois keep going after her on socials.
0: So that thing that was kind of like running out of steam after three weeks where it's like, oh, what, what's what's going to happen now that they've put like fancy clothes on notice? That's just gone. And instead it's like, let's make the models
2: athletes instead. It's couldn't have gone worse. Yeah, it couldn't have gone worse, This. No oh, interest. Uh, Zero. Then it was time for Ms. TV with Cody Rhodes. Uh, Ms. In- oh my god. Ms. introduces him uh, by telling him he looked dashing. Uh, uh, oh,
0: oh, that used to be what he was called. Which Ms. would know because he's definitely read his Wikipedia that morning.
2: <laughs> he's definitely
1: <It's> still there. <laughs> there even then as well. You'd go away sp-
0: ever. I remember sprinkling some stardust on you. You've sprinkled stardust on nobody, Miss, <laughs> ever. Miss, and I like you sometimes.
2: Miss uh, says uh, Brock beat uh, Cody at Night of Champions and broke his arm, and yet Rhodes has challenged him to another fight. He thinks that's stupid. Cody calls him Mike, uh, and and Mike says, "I'm the Miz in this ring." Uh, Cody said, look, I I know people said what I did was crazy. It took balls. You know a tiny bit about that. Don't you, Mike? Get get tiny little balls. Tiny little balls.
1: Tiny little balls.
0: (laughs) Brocks, apparently. So what do you want to talk about? His tiny balls? Tiny little balls. (laughs)
2: Uh... Brock's apparently hibernating, so we won't see him for a while. But don't worry, Miz has invited someone who's basically on the same level, uh, shares the same attributes as Cody, and has had the same sort of family troubles that he has. And it's the surprise guest, Dominic Mysterio. Oh my God. He comes out with Rhea Ripley. Uh, Rhea Ripley just tells Miz to shut up, which he does. Uh, Dom gets the usual reaction just booze all over the place, maybe slightly sweetened booze, possibly. Um, And then just every time he goes to speak, he just gets booed out of the building. Um, uh, He says, uh, Cody, uh, as a man who's done hard time, you're just a little birdie with a broken wing. Uh, I heard you talking about, you know, wanting to fight Brock Lesnar anywhere in this big list of towns. And then I realized, you're a bad father, Cody. Uh, You've got a baby girl. You should be at home. But instead, you're here, just like Rey Mysterio, a deadbeat dad. (laughs)
1: Wait a minute, Dominic knows something about bad fathers. Remind me again.
2: Uh, Cody said, I've got a ton of empathy for you, Dom. I know that 15 minutes you spent in prison was really rough on you. Hard times indeed. Uh, You've even got a worse prison tat than I have. Um, After that, you went on to WrestleMania to have a match, but it was more like a public spanking. Nobody's perfect. Even Rey Mysterio's not perfect. Rey's made some terrible mistakes. I know, because I'm looking at one. Good. Yep. Uh, and they, Dom and Rhea go to leave. Cody turns back round. Dom runs back in and slaps the taste out of Cody's mouth. Immediately hides behind Rhea. He's like, what are you going to do about it? They... Sucker
1: punching someone with a broken arm.
2: Yeah. That is good. They bail. Cody turns around. Miz is looking really pleased with himself. So Cody just knocks him out. He's cast. Can you imagine WWE
1: champion Cody Rhodes, the actual belt against Dominic Mysterio at a premium live event. uh, All of the Judgment Day doing Planet Jarrett-esque. Oh, don't. Don't. Don't have Dominic win this. Unseen. (laughs) It'd be great, but unfortunately, everything was bittersweet with Cody Rhodes. For me, personally, this was
2: great. Give me Dominic Mysterio versus Cody Rhodes. What a really effective segment this was. Did you see the clip on socials of him walking, I don't know if it was immediately afterwards, but walking back through Gorilla going, (laughs) Whoa, I just slept Cody Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm
0: gonna watch it when we finish recording. Yeah. Um Tony can't take notes. Sometimes put your hottest baby face against your hottest heel and watch the magic happen. Yeah. <laughs> like genuinely, like this was exactly what you could want. They established they established a bunch of parameters that felt completely organic that you'd never thought of before. Yeah. We weren't sitting here previewing the possibility of Dominic Mysterio doing and running on Miss TV and they've Located something quite magic here. Cody versus Dominic has got to be the Money in the Bank match. Or, I know that gets in the way. Well,
2: or like the Judgment Day of screwing Cody out of getting in Money in the Bank.
0: Or... I don't know some scenario where Cody wins the belt. And only he there still was a, it's someone fine. who
2: could partner against another co- against this couple of Dom and Rhea. I mean, oh
1: my God, Brandy
2: who the, Rhodes. Who the hell told you it was open mic night? Oh, oh my God, give it to me. She's
0: working for it on Twitter. You see that? Like if it's not already been. Dropped in there as a possibility, she's going for it. And I oh, imagine quit. the
1: pop if Dom and Rhea beat him up next week, and just Brandy comes out. And oh, I'm like, great. great, yeah. Gen- I earnestly yeah.
2: I loved it fantastic stuff. Uh, we've got another money in the bank qualifier Zoe Stark versus Natalia. Um, Natalia hit her with a suplex and put her in a sharpshooter. Uh, Stark got a rope break, rolled to the outside. Uh, Natalia shoves back in, shoves her back in as she's getting back in. Stratus kicks the leg out of Natalia's leg. Uh, Stark used that opportunity to hit that mint Z360 for the 1 2 3 and to qualify for money in the bank.
0: Yeah, fine. Like the, Natalia, now that's two squashes in a row, pretty much, where she kind of like that's a place on this roster and that's where it should stay. It's just, you, I tried to determine why this crowd doesn't
1: react to something. I thought of the answer, like, about up until about a few weeks ago I thought I had the answer and I thought that answer was "Ah, Triple H is just incompetent (laughs) and Paul Heyman's creative is doing amazing numbers and engagement and all the rest of it insofar as the bloodline goes Triple H has actually introduced Zoe Stark as a major player in a major storyline getting the endorsement and fans still don't care (laughs) you know like wrestling
2: Simples (laughs) 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 Uh, Paul Heyman uh, tells us to join him on Friday to wake, watch Jay Uso make his historic choice. He says Jay's going to choose his brother. So little go, uh, He says he might have shared a wound with Jimmy, but he'll never be closer than uh, he is with the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. And On Friday, Jay is going to acknowledge that fact.
1: Oh, my God. The amount of faces and the amount of time that this SmackDown is going to consume. It's
2: time, it's
1: time to play the game time to play time the to game Ha 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 Did it, did it, did it How long is the gap going to be Between the Acknowledge Me And the response on way or the other But Jey Uso oh, is, I don't know what I'm thinking right now. I'm all conflicted.
0: I reckon. Is Roman on the show? He's not, is he? I don't think so. So he's not even... So Heyman, will do.
1: do you yeah. acknowledge your tribal chief? I'm the wise man. Do you acknowledge your tribal chief? Sir. <laughs> Sir. So between that and Jay going... Oh, God damn it. Two minutes and... 18 seconds. <laughs> this is
0: JD's night. <laughs> I'll go with... Um, I think there's more... They're going to pile more bollocks on top of the BAS. So I'll say five minutes and ten seconds. Just
2: do you acknowledge your tribal chief, Young Sir? Uh, the longest movie to ever win an Academy Award was uh, War and Peace. So I'll go four <laughs> so, on. hundred and fourteen minutes. So Hannah,
1: one hundred
0: four hundred fourteen minutes, no seconds. This is like Price's Right rules, where if like it goes over, we can't I, win. I win. Like, yeah. Cool. And, like, we take the piss out of it. There was too much exposition in this Paul segment. Saturday morning, like, fast nationals. 86 million people <laughs> watched. Oh, well, I'm wrong again then.
2: Yeah. Uh, in the share. Well, the match didn't happen. We're scheduled to face uh, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. Could we be seeing the Hurt Business reuniting? Uh, no. They got murdered by Veer and Sanger, and they in- injured. I hope it's not a real one. I think it is a worked one. So if it is, just in case, get well seen Cedric Alexander. But they injured Cedric Alexander and the ref waved the match off. They're getting a big, this was in the news as well, they're getting a big push ahead of their tour of India. WWE's that is.
0: I'm not calling for dangerous action, but I know it was a worked injury because it didn't look dangerous enough to be a real one. Like They're not. They're not attacking this main roster like they did NXT. I don't so feel the sense of danger. What's evidently happened is that they've said
1: you're, without actually saying it, your performance center training was inadequate. You are too dangerous. Dial yourself back to a point where you're almost doing nothing.
0: And we're cool. going to say you're more dangerous than ever. Cool. Get rid of the performance center then. <laughs>
2: <laughs> my only enjoyment I took on this, I mentioned on the news, I mentioned you as well. Because uh, I was like, hopefully long term, build them up, build them up, build them up. Oh my God, unstoppable uh, force. You know, b- big part of the the India tour, Jinder Mahal, obviously part of the of Indus share as well. And then, oh, no, who's going who's gonna to stop this team? Not the tag champs. They're doing, they're doing proper stuff. Bring the Creed brothers up and do that match that they did in NXT because I put over your love for one Julius Creed. On yeah, Julius Creed rules. Uh, right, main event time. Seth Rollins versus Damian Priest for the World Heavyweight Championship. Um... Really good fun, this. Uh, Rollins in control. Priest comes back, though, as he nails uh, Rollins. Come out of midair, coming off the barricade. Uh, Rollins has to fight back with an Inziguri. Strikes, clotheslines, thrust kicks, and a backbreaker, but he avoids the frog splash, does Damian Priest. Hits a boot. Rollins comes back with a sling blade. Rollins goes for a suicide dive, but uh, Priest... Priest caught him and hit a flat liner on the announce table to take us to a break. Uh, When we come back, Rollins runs up the ropes to hit a superplex followed by a falcon arrow for a two count. Uh, Three straight suicide dives from Seth Rollins, the last one sending Damian Priest over the announce table. He hit a super kick, he hit a frog splash. That gets a two count. Uh, Priest hit a headlock driver for a good near fall. Uh, he followed that up with a top rope Frankensteiner again for two. Rollins got back with a pedigree. That got him a two count. Uh, and then Rollins power bombs Damian Priest into the barricade. And they say, oh, that's what happened to Finn Balor. And then here is Finn Balor. But Rollins takes him out with a super kick. Uh, Rollins goes for the curb stomp, but the distraction has allowed Damian Priest to recover. He hits a clothesline, and he hits the South of Heaven choke slam for a near fall. He turns around to Ballot ringside and says, "Why are you here?" Uh, goes for the Razor's Edge, but because of the injured shoulder from the not buckle bomb barricade bomb, um, he uh, drops Rollins. Rollins super kicks him, hits him with the sort of knock-off hidden blade, uh, and hits him with a curb stomp for the 1-2-3. Post-match, there's a face-off with Seth Rollins and Finn Balor before Rollins waves him goodbye and poses with the belt to take us off the air.
0: It was too long, and nobody believed in the stakes, but it was all right. It was, like, you shave five minutes off this, and this title run is six months older, and there might be a little something to this. Jim Ross would have loved this. He would have called this, and he'd be like, like, you only get action like this in WWE, like... Damien Priest is the best pure athlete in wrestling today. All that sort of stuff. He would have loved it. It was physical. Like, I bought it, like, just free of any context. Wrestlers were wrestling. It wasn't quite wrestling happening in front of me. Wrestlers were wrestling, and they were trying. And I could switch my brain off and try and buy this. Because it was, you know, it was tight. It was reasonably well worked. Seth just looks like he can do this in his sleep, which is sometimes as much of a curse as a blessing. But I honestly do think Damien Priest has leveled up this year. Like, there's just a bit more... (laughs) leveled up just a little bit more snap and you can see like how he's adjusted his style from that confused agent he was given in NXT to knowing how to wrestle like a big man but with the expectations that you've got to just move more you've got to do more so that I it's just just too much thinking not enough feeling that's what I would say about this maybe six months into the run and you're starting to doubt if Rollins maybe Rollins is doing an Orange Cassidy thing and he's starting to have to take bits up and you're like man how long can you keep doing this I'd have bought it a little bit more, but it just had too much working against it. it Work that was impossible to criticize, but just very little Im- like emotional connection to it. Yeah, I can't have to just echo
1: that completely. I have nothing more to add, except I will be very nice, because they must have done a really good job of building the spot within the match and the law of the powerbomb to the outside, because they actually got a... Ugh! Off this crowd when they did the barricade bomb, like people looked scared, and I thought, what a bump from Priest as well. Like apparently he's got like back issues, Mm. or at least he had back issues. So this was his big moment to try and put himself in a main event spot, prove that backlash was no
0: aberration. He could potentially be a top baby face. So fair play for taking that bump. That's uh, you do that now, and you plant a few seeds that Balor's got to avoid it at Money in the Bank. Like, this is what he did to him all those years ago, and he can't, he cannot I take that. Have he already
1: done this on Raw like four weeks ago? Probably, yeah. But it's they're just. not, like, not legitimately they, do Balor versus Rollins on Raw? He
0: did it to Rollins, didn't he? Oh, it was okay. like just a kind of like a throwaway, right. oh, I remember that. But now it's happened to Damien Priest, and it's really affected him come yeah. the finish, and they'll just reboot that. You can do
1: loads around that. Yeah. Like, go
2: do it, but then count it with the Hurricane Rana, mm-hmm. and then do it. Do, do it, it anyway. <laughs> loads. Uh, but yeah, fun main event to Monday Night Raw. Let us know your thoughts on it on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. What you, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hanfler at... Michael Hanfler. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to what Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcast from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Myself and the Dadly Boys will be back to look ahead to NXT a little bit later on today. Uh, and don't forget, if you want to send us a five-star review, review you can do so on Apple Podcasts or do it on Spotify, spotify take a screenshot of it we need the proof and then email it to me uh at whatculture.com just like Audie from south dakota thanks once again for your email but for now this has been the raw review my thanks to the dadly boys thank you for joining us and we will see you soon
1: imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time